0: hey there and welcome back to take one the podcast that brings you just one solemn page of talmud every day because in today's page moed katan 20 we get a bit of a lesson a meditation on what you should do when a loved one loses a loved one here's a brief taste of the Talmud. A man, we are told, should overturn his bed and observe the rites of mourning with his wife when she loses a mother or a father. And similarly, when her father-in-law or mother-in-law dies, the husband's mother or father, she also should overturn her bed and practice the rites of mourning with her husband. This notion of maybe even if it's not your father or mother, you should be there for your spouse. This is such a profound and solemn question. And I am very grateful to be joined today by one of my favorite people who I met when she was a listener to our other podcast, Unorthodox, and has since become a friend and is a a thinker whose candor and wisdom I appreciate dearly. Rebecca Cinnamon Murphy, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Liel. That is so (laughs) kind of you. I appreciate it.
0: I mean every word, and I wish we were talking uh, under more cheerful circumstances, but we're here in part because you... Recently have had uh, the occasion of of practicing you know mourning yourself.
1: Yeah, my dad died two weeks ago, and he had had a stroke ten days before that. so I have been living in this very liminal space for about three weeks. My family is not Jewish, and so the funeral is tomorrow. Um, which my reform rabbi assures me that my Shiva starts. Tomorrow. So it has been this very weird three weeks of mourning in a space that doesn't have much structure.
0: And what is it like to live in a house with, with other people when, when you yourself are, as you said, in this liminal space and they are there trying to be there for you? Not exactly sure maybe how to do it. Maybe you're not exactly sure how to be there with them, with your children and husbands.
1: So I live five minutes from my parents in the town that I grew up in. Um, I live with my husband and my three children. I have a ten-year-old, an eight-year-old, and Akiva just turned seven yesterday. Right, the Simchas don't stop just because we're in mourning, and so and my dad was a daily presence in my children's lives uh, and in my life. Um, I think, I think the 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 passage you that we're talking about today is it talking about sex
0: it is well there are other passages definitely that are talking about (laughs) sex this one uh is talking about all the things that uh, a a man should do for his wife and a wife should do for her husband in order to basically be there with them in this in this time of morning
1: yeah because when jacob my husband he was reading it over my shoulder he's like well i overturn my bed every morning the sheets are a mess always (laughs) (laughs) So so if you wondered if you and he shared a sense of humor. So he, I have been singing his praises up and down. So my my father had a stroke in another part of the state. And so I had to travel three hours away to sort of sit at his bedside and be a support to my mother. And my brother was there handling logistics. I have two other brothers that don't have... um, Flexible work schedules. So I was keeping in contact with them while I was doing all of that. And Jacob has already done the work to be a full co parent, right? So I could leave and not worry about what the kids were going to eat and where they needed to go and who needed to drop them off where. We have a Google Calendar. Like, so I mean, so first he has already put himself in that position to be fully supportive of our family life, even when I'm absent. The comfort with which I left the house was phenomenal. So we had to make the choice to take my dad off the ventilator and off the feeding tubes. And that that was actually an easy choice to make because my family talks a lot about mortality. And we we knew that would be what he would want when it became clear that his life would be limited. Um, so as with everything, my father hustled and got that transition done and and sort of made that slow transition in about 14 hours from when we, when we liberated the tubes from him. And then, then when he finally passed, um, so that was a Saturday morning. They went, my husband took my kids and he thought of this all on his own. He took my kids to the little penny candy shop, the quaint little penny candy shop that my dad used to take them to and spoil them um, and let them spend as much as they want on candy. And then they bought a big bag of Cheetos, which was my dad's favorite snack. And then they watched Sandlot, um, all in honor of my dad while I was making my slow procession back from Peoria, Illinois. and I just, I'm so grateful to him. And he is not a guy that thinks poetically, <laughs> mythopoetically, you know, any of those. But he's, in wanting to have the type of family that we have, he's read books on how to mark events and how to. So, again, he's done the work beforehand, but he thought of that all on his own and just did it. And that, that feels like what your passage is. What our passage is talking about.
0: This is a podcast, by the way. You you can't see me. I'm totally. I'm I'm not crying right now.
1: <laughs> I I yeah. It's at, we we talked just briefly. It's so it's not surreal because certainly you know I Jacob's degree is in computer science. Mine, of course, is in English. I think much like yours. Um and oh. I certainly, you know, you know that grief is surreal and then you have to actually live it. So there are times when you, I mean, I, one of my coping strategies is putting on a charismatic face and, and being authentic with people. But that means, you know, I have a dark sense of humor. It means I am going to (laughs) laugh and it kind of throws people off, but Jacob's been amazing. I mean, Sandlot, my dad's a... My dad won the NCAA baseball tournament in 1969 with his team. And baseball has been a part of his life forever. I tucked, I put a baseball in his hand, the hand that was less responsive because the stroke was on one side, and so one hand is stronger. I put it in the, the weaker hand, I put a baseball in his hand as he as he was there. And um so Jacob's choice to of Sandlot was I mean nothing short of inspired
0: so Rebecca I know um, that there is so little that could be said in in this moment that could capture it so thankfully our tradition has the words picked out for us Thank you so much for being our guest Thank you with help from Quinn Waller. For more information, go to tabletmag.com take one or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. You could find us on Twitter at TakeOneDafyomi or join our Facebook group by searching for Take One Podcast. I hope we've made your day a little bit more Talmudic, and we'll see you again soon.